All right, so, Ari, I've got to tell you, I've, I've had it up to here. Yeah, up to here. That's right. I'm, I'm way above my head here. You're a tall fella. Yeah, I'm a tall guy. Yeah, although my son is already taller than me, and he's only 13 Stop years feeding. old. Crazy, crazy. Uh, anyway, point is, I'm fed up. You know, it's, um, you can't have a meaningful discussion with virtually anybody on the left anymore about anything. You know, it's, it's um, whenever you bring up to them, for example, one of my postings lately was that uh, anti-Semitism is far more prevalent from the left than from the right. In fact, you can find virtually nothing on the right, at least here in America. We'll talk about Europe in a moment. But you can find virtually nothing. And they, they still, you know, argue with you about, well, there's this one guy I saw and he, you know, these, these 20 guys were meeting in a room somewhere in Virginia and uh, they were all talking about how uh, Jews will not replace us. Okay, a bunch of morons who do this. And therefore, you see, it's all exactly equivalent to the enormous amount of anti-Semitism coming from the left and from the Muslim world in particular, whom the left embraces completely. So you, you try to argue with them, and, and they'll always have that one guy, right, that they know to be a conservative who is anti-Semitic. Right? There's, there's always Pat Buchanan, right, who was never pro-Israel in the first day and probably anti-Semitic. So therefore, you see, there's anti-Semitism on both, on both sides, right? But you, you hear this argument, and I'm about, about to tell you, that was a funny, about, 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 I said, okay, anyway, I'm about to tell you how they will always use this tactic. They'll always find one or two exceptions and then tell you that it's exactly the same on both sides, right? So it's called the exception swallowing the rule. Okay, that's the phrase. That's why we title this podcast, The Exception Swallows the Rule. And I have to tell you, it's, it's becoming more and more clear to me. For example, you have, um, you have uh, the issue of anti-Semitism, right? So... I just gave a great example of that. There's massive amounts of anti-Semitism from campuses, right and left, in America especially, and Canada. They hate Israel. They'll shout you down if you are in any way pro-Israel. Uh, they will show uh, that you know, Muslims are great, uh, Jews are bad. It happens all over the, the campuses, uh, especially in California and uh, Boston. And, and um, Wisconsin, apparently. Yeah, they'll call you filthy Jew, heeb, right. Right. you know, hook nose. Every Jewish of um, hypnotist, rat, octopus, right. wizard, every anti-Semitic trope going back for thousands of years in history, they'll use. Right. Well, I mean, and now— And, and they'll just say um, it. And, and Jewish leaders and liberals will go— well, okay, well, that might be of a concern, but what about the guy with the Confederate flag? He's the real anti-Semite. Right, exactly right, exactly right. And uh, so, so you, you point that out. And by the way, it's, it's been now somehow cleansed because of this uh, Congresswoman Omar, right, Ilan Omar, who uh, started talking about dual loyalty and, among other things, that were classic tropes against Jews. So... It, it's overwhelming. It's a trickle. It's like saying that the Sahara Desert is not a dry place because it rains once in a while. Okay, that's that's what it's like. And you you have to fight this, and and they they will not. You will never be able to win 
in their eyes because they always have one or two examples. Here's, here's another area where the exceptions swallow the rule. Abortion, okay? Abortion is a horrific thing. It's, it's very hard to, to say, see it any other way. The massive amounts of abortion, 99.9% of them are done out of convenience for the couple or the mother. Uh, and they, they just don't feel like having a baby. Thank you very much. It's birth control. Yeah, it's, not it's, a, it's a, a form of birth control. You know. That's right. It's, a, it's not one <clears throat> of those, as Planned Parenthood's motto is, choice no matter what. It's not some desperately huddled person who, if God forbid, th- she adds a tenth mouth to feed to her brood, that'll send her over the edge into bankruptcy. Right. Right, or right. something It's like not that. as if that, yeah. So... That that is the, the abortion. But you know, you'll say how terrible this is and how it's it's robbing the life of a of a young human. Uh, but they'll point out to well, what about the case of the rape? What about the case of the the, the life of the mother? Um, and this will certainly it, it, you know continuing on with this pregnancy will kill the mother, as if that even happens. At all. Yeah, as if right. pregnancy is a disease. Yes. Right. So it, it, first of all, it doesn't happen. But theoretically, in their mind, it happens. Yeah. Right. So, you know, what if aliens, uh, you know, what if she was impregnated by an alien? Wouldn't you want to get rid of the baby? Right. <laughs> it's almost like that. Almost. And of course, the rape, you know, you want to make you be very, uh, you know, sympathetic to such a situation. But that is the true exception by and it's such a small fraction of the uh, abortions that are actually performed. And they want to just get rid of this notion of abortion altogether. It's like saying, Ari, that in traffic, you should always be on the right side of the road, right? We know that, at least in America. But if there's an emergency, you go on the left side of the road. If it's open, right? You do what you need to do, especially for ambulances and fire trucks and everything else. Yeah, that's an exception. Blocking the road. Right. Yeah. So, but you wouldn't say, well, because we need it sometimes, for fire trucks and ambulances, and you know, maybe you have to get your, your wife to the hospital and you're, you're stuck in the 405 all of a sudden, you go on the shoulder or you even go on the, on the left side of the road if, if it's a highway that allows you to do so. You, you, you do that, right? But you wouldn't say, well, therefore, let's get rid of this rule about driving on the right side of the road, right? It's obscene. It's stupid. That would be an enormously ridiculous argument. But that's the argument they make when it comes to abortion, it's a, I think it's a perfect analogy. Now, what, other other uh, things, you know, throw it out there if you like. Oh, the, the simplest to me is, of course, gun arguments. Okay, oh, beautiful. It's absolutely proven. Two things beyond all argument. There is no argument on either of these. The more good people who walk around packing a gun around them, like the it. safer <clears throat> society is. Right? right. But what about the crazy person? What about the crazy person? The crazy person will be neutralized quite quickly by the overwhelming numbers of good people with weapons. Right. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's always, well, what about the crazy person? And, and here's if, if no- you are, I already said, if you arm enough people, the crazy people, who are just another criminal, by the way, right. uh, and all the criminals <coughs> suddenly don't have enough numbers of being armed versus being ar- the armed exception among a bunch of unarmed people right. to cause the mayhem they currently cause. The other thing is always the uh, the, the mass shooter argument. It, you know, in the last like ten years, there has been zero mass shooters. 
that when confronted by a good guy with a gun have succeeded in the mass shooting? Oh, zero. I like, I like hearing zero. That. Yeah, every I, well, time, except for that security guard who decided not to even go no, into the place. We're, in we're not talking about a guy who didn't do. Right. What, no, you're right. Uh, there have been a whole bunch of mass shooting attempts in malls and such where you hear, and a good guy with a gun neutralized the threat. And then the question is, well, how many people got killed by the person before the uh, neutralization took place? Turns out, zero. Right. Zero got killed. Right. In, the, in like 20 or 30 attempts. That's First of all, the number of school shootings and all that is very minuscule anyway. You know, it's all overblown, blah, 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 right. blah. But the, the gun issue is, I think, uh, the perfect litmus test issue to bring up of exceptions constantly swallowing the rules. Right. And, well, here's another. And, and within the gun context, uh, here's another exception that swallows the rule. How many times have you heard that a parent, usually the mom, doesn't want to have a gun in their home because little Johnny might stumble upon it and kill himself or kill somebody else, right? Right. <clears throat> Never mind, of course, that the overwhelming uh, evidence shows that having a gun in the home protects against intruders, and it's far more likely that it's going to be beneficial to having the gun than not having the gun. And the chances of little Johnny hurting himself or hurting somebody else is extremely low. You are far more likely to drown in your own pool, or if you don't have a pool, uh, in somebody else's pool. Far more likely. And yet, pools are cool. No problem. Right? So you would never say, let's ban all swimming pools. Well, there's so much dangerous stuff in the house that if you raised your little Johnny to be such an idiot that he could get to where you've stored the gun and, and murder himself, uh, you might want to uh, make sure you cover up all the uh, electrical outlets too, put away all the silverware. I mean, there's yeah, he's more likely to, to, to so put much, a fork. he's yeah. more more likely to put a fork in the electric socket than he is to to find the gun and then put it in, his and mouth. somehow and put it in his mouth and yeah. shoot it. And it's 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 pretty insane. There's so many different ways that little Johnny could hurt himself or even kill himself. So the exception once again swallows the rule. Here, right. Here's another one more one more just in the skin gun control gun stuff, yeah. but it's just from common sense. In case anyone out there doesn't know this, the the, the technology for gun safes now and gun home security is so advanced. There's no way your kids are going to get to your damn gun right. if you've taken any precaution whatsoever to store yeah. it safely. Right. That's right. Um, okay. So and and not only that, but even if you if you're lazy or uh, unable to afford the safe, or for whatever reason you decide not to get the safe, you could still do something smart. You can separate the gun from its ammo, right? That's right. Yeah, it's simple, and then just hide it. So the, the kid would have to find both, and that's very challenging yeah, for a young put kid. Yeah, put both together and then cock it. Right. Which, if you've seen little kids' hands, don't have the strength to do. Exactly. All right, so here's another example, another area where the exception swallows the rule. Classic. Ready? The Israeli-Palestinian-slash-Arab conflict. Okay. So how many times have you heard, Ari, that both sides need to sacrifice? Both sides need to come to the table. Both, both sides, sides are at fault. Are both at fault. sides yeah. are responsible. Both sides are terrorists, yeah. no less. Okay. And, you, you, I mean, look, even some, you know, there, there are some strong pro-Israel Democrat Jews Okay, and they are good fighters for Israel. They're they're on the same page on this issue, at least. And we 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 challenge them. We say, look, you, you do understand that the rest of your friends in the Democratic Party are very anti-Israel. You do you do get that, right? 
and they, they won't get it. They, they think that somehow they can carve out this exception. Yeah, um, we Israel saw a whole bunch of them last week with Ilan Omar. Yeah, exactly right. So, and that's what prompted my Facebook posting, which had a you know phenomenal response to it, both pro and con. Anyway, what do they do? How do they respond to this? Those who are you know are not uh, educated on the subject, at least, they say, "Well, I understand that some Israelis, you know, there's one guy who shot up some Arabs in a in a Muslim mosque, right?" Uh, I think his last name was uh, Cohen or something. Oh, no, Goldberg or something like that. Uh, classic Jewish name. And he goes in and, ki- and he killed 20 Muslims who were praying in a, in a mosque. All right. This was back in 1980-something, I believe. Um, but they will, you know, kind of keep on pointing to that. That's all they got. You know, and it's terrible what he did. But you can't possibly compare that to the overwhelming amount of terrorist activity that yeah, the Palestinians throw at us, the daily, daily attempts, attempts, the daily attacks, the, you know, the nail bombs, the, the slashings, the, I mean, horrific stuff that they yeah, try, the, the bus bombings. I mean, there's just no comparison. Yeah, let so, alone the school curriculums, the brainwashing of the children, the indoctrination. Our children, or the, not our, I'm not Israeli, but the Israeli children don't get indoctrinated into anti-Muslim hatred day in, day out. Right. But the... Hamas children do. Right. So there, there's another example. So you, they have one thing, the, the bad guys have one thing to point to, which is that one guy who killed those people and say, yeah, well, you see, you know, therefore it's exactly the same. Uh, look, I, I mean, it, it takes a ridiculous amount of, of mind bending and twisting, uh, you know, mental gymnastics in order to, to think that they're the same. You, you would have to be insane. You, you would have to be very ignorant and very stupid to make that conclusion. And or a people, member of the modern media, or a, you have to be on a college campus. Well, they have an agenda. They have an agenda. There's no doubt about it. Um, and, and to say, you know, apartheid, for example, for which there is no uh, evidence whatsoever, not even that small modicum. There's, there's zero evidence of it. Uh, so they, they will just, you know, blast that in. Uh, the exception, of course, in the Israeli-Arab conflict is uh, it swallows the rule, always. Uh, so there's no surprise here. There are many other examples where you have, uh, for example, socialized medicine. Okay? It's not a great example, right? Perfect. So, yeah. So socialized medicine is so destructive, it will rob the country of innovation. It will cause uh, medical uh, services to skyrocket. In cost, and uh, and waiting times to skyrocket, and everything else. Are you bringing up Obama's thirty million uninsured? <laughs> yeah, exactly as right. The exception that swallowed the rule of everyone else in a country of three hundred fifty million people right. had health insurance right. until yeah, exactly right. Thirty million people. Well, they, and they didn't want insurance. But there's always there's always a story of some right. per- person who was relatively poor. And they did, weren't able to get uh, treatment for that particular cancer. And Obamacare saved the day, at least according to them. And boom, that's it. Never mind that it's uh, horrific for the rest of the country, you know, as a general proposition. But the, you can always point to one or two people that have, uh, have success as a result of, of Obamacare. Of course. But the exception swallowed the rule in that department, too. Yeah, that's uh, Obama was so famous for lovingly saying, I will not rest unless dot, dot, dot. Right, good one example. One person doesn't have the job. One child goes hungry. One person doesn't, isn't <clears throat> able to take his music classes. Right. Oh, but, my you gosh. Know, They're so right. I mean, it, it, I look <clears throat> at the homeless situation here in L.A. today. 
some judge declares that cleaning up homeless trash is cruel and unusual punishment in violation of the yeah, that's right face palm right yeah, exactly in violation of the Eighth Amendment's prohibitions against cruel and unusual punishments as if it was a sentence meted out by a jury. Wait, wait. Right? So that so that's worse than going to prison. Apparently, yeah, or or getting the uh, lethal injection, yeah. or any other any any number of punishments. Meanwhile, it's not a punishment; it's simply a city deciding, in its own interest, we got to clean stuff up here. Right. General welfare causes the Constitution, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. that what the general welfare kind of reason for government existing is? You know, to provide for the general welfare so people don't get diseases from other people. So here's then, and then he he says it's now some constitutional right for people to have piles of trash on the street, but now the rule becomes everyone gets the cruel and unusual punishment of being threatened with typhus. Well, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's of course the exception will always swallow that rule. The, the, this one homeless person who now can't, you know, will suffer if he doesn't uh, if he does if he's not allowed to roam the streets. Okay, now everyone roams the streets. Thank you, yeah. liberal agenda. So. Um, Here's another example of uh, where the exception swallows the rule. This is an obvious one. The transgenders and the bathrooms and the locker rooms, right? So talk about exceptions. <laughs> you, you, have the, um, you have these people. It's like what we, we said. It's one out of 35,000 people are identify as the opposite sex uh, to the extent there is such a thing now when you have 57 genders. But okay. Let's just, yeah, what's so he, the opposite? What's the opposite of uh, pansgenderism? I, I have no idea. Yeah. So, uh, so this person wants to go into a woman's bathroom, right? He's biologically male. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the exception has to swallow the rule. So he, because he, the true exception, really bizarre exception, every building now has to entertain the idea that anyone can go into anyone else's bathroom. Okay, that, that is exactly the same thing as the... Uh, driving on the right side of the road versus driving on the left side of the road. Okay? Exactly the same. Yeah. The exception here truly swallows the rule. And now we have to accommodate everyone, and everyone is uh, is upside down in a Twitter, you know, wondering what, what to do with themselves. And in the meantime, of course, the women especially, the girls in, in their locker rooms and bathrooms, you know, are, are reasonably or understandably afraid, you know, that some guy will come in, and uh, just claim that he's a woman or he feels like a girl at the time and just ogle them, you know, if not actually molest them, especially if you're alone in that locker room and some guy comes in. Yeah. Isn't this just a wonderful, complete warp on the whole idea of safe spaces, though? Yeah, I, mean, I thought thing. that we were believing in safe spaces. Right. But now because we have to have exceptions swallow the rule, the place for the most vulnerable person girls and women uh, in various stages of being spread and vulnerable during defecatory or urinary behaviors now has to be made completely unsafe in order for the person with a mental disorder not to be offended. Right. Right. You know, yeah. the whole call ne- me ne- ma'am never, dude. Yeah, never never yeah, exactly. Never mind your the, the other the, the you know, the people who are not transgender's feelings, the the regular person. Uh, that those those feelings don't matter whatsoever. Yeah. It's only the feelings of the, of the minority, in, in this case, the extreme minority. Okay, here's two other examples I can think of. The first one, racism, uh, especially among the cops. Okay? So, as you know, the, the, tri- the trope goes that, you know, there is 
wild racism going on among police departments, okay, all over this great land of ours. So never mind that they, many of the cops engaging in this supposed racism are black themselves or a or minority some of themselves. Yeah, color. Never yeah. mind that um, because they can't find. Uh, there are simply no examples of this in any meaningful context. Um, and not to say that there isn't, by the way. I'm just, but certainly from the news, uh, the national news, uh, you know, uh, coverage, you would think otherwise. So when it was Trayvon Martin, okay, that was a false story. Right. right? When it was, um, what's his name? The, the big black kid. Uh, Michael Brown. Michael Brown in Ferguson, right? Um, he, that turned out to be a false story. There was nothing yeah. racist Freddie about Gray, it. Freddie Gray. Eric Garner. Right. Yeah. All these guys turned out Trayvon. to be. Trayvon, yeah. They, they all turned out to be fake stories. They, you know, where is it? I mean, look, I'm not saying that it's impossible. I'm, in fact, I'm sure that once or twice a year, there is a cop that acts in a truly racist way. And whether he kills the person is another story, but it doesn't, in a sense, it doesn't matter. He shouldn't be discriminating against anybody, pulling over anybody uh, because, merely because he's black, for example, or otherwise arresting him in a situation or finding a, a crime for him merely because he's black. Of course. I'm sure it happens once or twice a year. Yeah. Okay? In fact, they found one, the but, guy, uh, that Somali cop in Minnesota who killed the white Jewish girl, but he's still, uh, uh, it's still pending review and no one's calling that one racism. Right. Of course not, because it's, it's black on white, right? So anyway, the, uh, the point is that you have uh, virtually no racism going on, but they, they can always find an example. There's one or two, uh, really, literally, a year. And then they'll say, okay, you see, there's racism afoot all over America. There's, unless it's zero, and even when it's zero, they still claim it's racist. But clearly the exception swallows the rule here. It's, it, this is an easy one, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, the, the general rule is yes. that cops are, uh, you know, are just doing their job. Yeah. The re- there's a reason why they became cops, to the, cop. To, to cop. Yeah, exactly right. right. They, they were, they're out there to enforce the community's standards and to make sure that people don't break the laws and that they feel like they're doing something good for society. And you know what? They are doing something good for society. And they are constantly second-guessed. Uh, and, you know, I, I can't blame a cop for wondering, you know, whether or not he should actually go into the fray when he sees uh, some some black crime happening, for example. So two black guys are, are robbing a 7-Eleven type store um, and a white cop sees this happening. What does he do? What does he do? Right. It's, a, it's called the Ferguson effect. Anyway, so the exceptions are swallow the rule in that department. How about this for the second one I want I want to bring up? Free speech. Okay. So this notion that somehow uh, it's okay. I mean, both sides engage in dramatic suppression of free speech. That's what they'll say to you. We know that any suppression of free speech is coming from the left. It is 99.99% coming from the left. We know that from the PragerU uh, situation against Google and YouTube, for example. We know exactly what they're doing. They're restricting us. It's, uh, and, and it's on Facebook. A lot of conservative websites have been completely banished. Uh, I think it was 1.5 billion pages were censored since the 2016 election, um, almost exclusively because of conservative viewpoints. It's, it's, it's wild. But you know, there might be a conservative website that decides not to post a liberal 
editorial, right? I, mean, I, I don't even know of one, by the way. I'm simply saying that hypothetically, theoretically, there is such a thing. And, and so the liberals will be able to say, well, you know, it happens on both sides of the equation. And therefore, it's okay to engage in some sort of restriction they of speech. They did it last night, okay? It, and it's even more nefarious than your example. This is so much worse. So there are no conservative platforms, none, except for one, Gap. And even as a platform, the platform is being censored, right? Right. Okay, so all of the media gatekeepers, all the platform owners of the platform Places the you know the people who allow you to have a website like GoDaddy, the people who allow you to search for things like uh, Google, the people who are content owner and and marketers like Netflix, you know, let alone the Facebooks out there and the Twitters who have communications platforms for right. people to use <clears throat> openly to talk with their friends. I mean, we're in a situation now where it's as if you got a, a phone from Ma Bell. Years ago, and because they had a conversation, Ma Bill didn't like, they took your phone away. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're that's in. That's what it's like. Okay? Yeah. Um, but last night, or two days ago, Elizabeth Warren called for the breakup of Facebook and Google. In response, Facebook did something incredible. They deplatformed her. Ha. Ha. <coughs> yeah, but they reinstated her. Here's why they did it. And you and I know this as totally obvious. Right. They did it so they could say, you see, we did it to liberals too. Right. Yeah, one, once. Right, exactly right. Once. Have you ever deplatformed the SPLC? Any Muslim uh, agenda person, you know, whether it's ISIS or some hate preacher, have you ever deplatformed some crazy lunatic from a college campus? Right. Have you ever deplatformed Antifa or um, Anonymous or Occupy Wall Street? Yeah. Or any of the people. No, but the Tea Party gets deplatformed by the IRS, right. by the government. Right. The Tea Party and conservatives get deplatformed by content creators, content owners. We don't get our, our films made. We don't get our films produced by the Netflix or the studio system. We get our news bias from the mainstream media, uh, you know, from, from cable television, let alone from all the platforms underneath it. Right. I mean, there's no exception on that. Right, no exception. But it was so cynical how they deplatformed Elizabeth Warren just to say we did it. Right. It was so obvious. Right. Uh, It was all for show. It was all for show. And then they reinstated her like hours later. Right, right, right. All right, so, so here's another area where clearly there is an agenda going on and there's an exception swallowing the rule. That's sexual harassment. Right? All the Me Too movement, right? <laughs> yes! Right? Okay, so, and, and, I mean, one of the things that is not spoken about very much at all, I mean, I, I think a couple of people may have mentioned it. I didn't hear anybody, but I'll say it. Virtually all, I'm, I'm giving for a couple of exceptions, but virtually, and I'm going to say 98%, a little lower than the other ones, right? 98% of the Me Too sexual harassers were lefty or liberal men, okay? 98%. Kevin Spacey, uh, what's his Harvey name? Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein and all those bad boys, okay? Uh, Matt Lauer and everything else. They, these guys are libs through and through. Mark Halperin. Oh, yes, Mark Halperin. That's right. Yeah. Okay, good point. And they harassed they, and they did horrific things, just really bad stuff. And, you know, you would think that they would, would uh, pile on on Mel Gibson. Nothing there. Sorry. They don't have anything. 
Okay? He's as conservative as they come, and it doesn't happen. Or Kelsey Grammer. Or um, John Voight. John Voight. Or, or what's the, uh, the guy that, uh, from Forrest Gump? Really great guy. Uh, Gary Sinise. Yeah, Gary Sinise. Yeah. Nope. None of those guys. Thank you very much. I mean, it's hysterical, right? <laughs> and it's, it's really very funny. But you know what? Uh, surely they'll point out to one or two. Probably just one, if they could even, if they really dig as hard as they can, and that is enough to say that sexual harassment knows no political bounds. No, sir. Like, excuse me, are you sure about that? I, I think it's very fair to say. In fact, it's more of an exception than the needs of an ambulance or a fire fire truck to go on the left side of the road. That's the way it works. And I, I I'm so, so I think we need to shout it clearly. And call it out clearly. The sexual harassment is coming from the left. Okay? As just, just like anti-Semitism is coming from the left. Don't you dare try to twist it. So, just... I'm seeing a pattern here. <laughs> you think? Um, I, <laughs> that most of the bad stuff in the world is coming from... The left? It's a 50-50 shot, and he got it, folks. He got it. Yeah, notice my voice went up at the end because it was a question. It was truly a question. The left? That's right. (laughs) Your powers of deduction are awesome. Hmm. (laughs) Clue. So, but, but even when they don't have the exception, and most of the time they don't have the exception, right? They invent the exception. My favorites are the ones where, for example, the Pittsburgh massacre, which is horrific. It happened, what, about a year ago? And... This situation where this this monster goes into a uh, synagogue in Pittsburgh and kill what was it Tree of Life or something like that uh, synagogue and he kills what was it, 20, eleven people, 11 people and of course maims many others and it's just it's just yeah. horrific in every way and it turns out that this guy clearly I mean, he makes it very clear he hates Trump he didn't vote for Trump he's not a schmuck like like all those other people who did vote for Trump uh, and yet and yet they want to portray it as conservative. Right, somehow. And Republican. And Republican, like no Trump less. Trump supporter, yeah. yeah so so w- w- you and I were thinking like, okay, well now maybe the liberals will, will have a self-realization moment and say, you know, something about us is just, it's calling out for crazy stuff to happen. And that's just not right. Right? We think that. So, yeah. And I go to this candlelight vigil in the federal building here uh, in Westwood, uh, which is, I think, only a couple days later. And all these liberals come out some Jewish and some not Jewish, but liberals nonetheless. And they say, you know, Trump has caused this atmosphere of hate. And that's the reason why this Pittsburgh thing happened and, and tries to politicize it that way. And I shouted them down, by the way. And then we said, that's garbage. This, this guy didn't like Trump. You know, and you still need to pin it on Trump. Really? How, how do you dare do that? Right. Never mind, of course, that yeah, he has. Yeah, talk about politicizing a tragedy for right. your own agenda. Right. Because Never, that's all that was. Yeah. Never mind that his daughter, his lovely daughter, uh, converted to Orthodox Judaism, has, of course, an Orthodox Jewish. Yeah, let's Jewish... stop for a oh, second. Oh, 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 that's that's no joke. That's no joke. Okay. <laughs> he has an Orthodox uh, son in law. Yes. And, of course, Orthodox children at this point. Grandchildren. Uh, grandchildren, right. Yeah. And uh, to say nothing of all his pro Israel efforts and all the things he's done for Israel before and after he was president. Okay, so this is it, it's like nothing of that sort gets any sort of attention. Yeah, and let's just emphasize that Orthodox. I'm sorry to interrupt yes, you, but orthodox. I think it's worth 
there's a lot of people I know who've converted to Judaism for t- three reasons. Matzah ball soup, the jokes, and to go ugh a lot, okay? Right. You convert and you be orthodox, there's a, a lot more to a, it than that. It's a different planet it's altogether. It's like an effort. It's okay? a different planet. So uh, I, I don't want to get lost on this. The, the point is that to say that this guy who committed this massacre did did so, uh, you know, somehow on behalf of Trump, when he clearly hated Trump, uh, I mean, it just it, it takes the cake, okay, and it's it's insulting to reality, and to 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 common decency as well. I think, by the way, that moment you might hear people saying that they converted to conservatism from liberalism, that that would be one of the moments that made them convert. They saw that it was so so disingenuous, so wrong. And yet they still push this agenda. Yeah. And they realized, and they, it made them question the entire agenda altogether. So same thing now with uh, many other things when it comes to, um, you know, claiming that there's some sort of anti-Semitism going on. Um, you know, it, it, like, for example, the Notre Dame attacks, the Notre Dame uh, swastika you know, thing, which was clearly uh, concocted by uh, a, a liberal. Okay. Yeah. And, and then you had some black guy from... Uh, I don't know where where he was from. I don't care. He was the one who phoned in all these threats to the to the JCC, so that it could look like there was anti-Semitism going on. When he, in fact, was quite quite the liberal. So they got it wrong in every department. Then they argue. This is my favorite one, where they say, "Well, to my posting, I said." Uh, you know, that the, now will you acknowledge that most of the anti-Semitism comes from the left, right? When I, it was a reference to Ilan Omar's comment and all the anti-Semitic stuff that's going on in colleges, but particularly her thing was the thing that triggered it. And one of them said, well, you know, on the other hand, you have neo-Nazis in Virginia uh, doing their thing and they described something. It, to oh, which Stop. Yeah, yeah, no, it's exactly. So, so I said, I wrote back to them and I said, are you saying that Nazism is conservatism? You, you, you think that there's a kernel of connection right. between the two? Let me get this straight. So we conservatives, it's no secret, we want limited government, dramatically limited government. We want the expansion of personal freedoms, okay, both religious and otherwise. Yeah, we want free information, no one being deplatformed, right. no one being burned, right. their books and, being burned. And somehow... We're similar to the Nazis who wanted complete government control and to take away all your personal freedoms. And How, also, to, also we're against abortion. <laughs> right. And, they, and the Nazis like abortion. Right. So how are we exactly? So, so they say as if it's an obvious connection. Like, so I, I call them to task. I said, don't even dare say that. Don't even go there. Nazism and, and, and fascism and uh, Communism. Socialism and communism, they're all one and the same thing. They really are. The only difference between communism and fascism... Is the name. It's, that's, that's it. That's really it. No, yeah. no. Well, there's, a, there's a smaller technical difference, and that difference is that Karl Marx divided the world uh, among classes, whereas Mussolini and Hitler divided the world among countries. So that's, that's the only difference. That's it, my yeah, there's friends. There's a slight technical ex- in the dictionary definition that fascism is the corporations work with the government and in socialist communist no, government. No, but, but that's false. No, I'm saying it's false. But yeah. I'm just saying this is what it says. And in socialism and communism, the corporations are owned by the government. Oh, big deal. Right. right. Exactly right. So what? So it, as I say in my book, Atheism Kills, I say it's a little bit like – 
uh, going into a room and you see an alligator there and you you wonder what the, what the difference is between an alligator and a crocodile. Either way, I don't want to be in that room, right? Right. Or I mean, there is, there is a technical difference between a crocodile and an alligator. I don't care, okay? Yeah. They're both very dangerous animals. Thank you. So <laughs> that's, that's just yeah. basic, right? Oh, man. And then the last That's exception. That's so classic. Right? So then, they, then they, they talk about the exceptions, and I told you I would talk about this, where anti-Semitism is on the rise in Europe. Okay. So first of all, and they talk about the alt-right. This is, the, by the way, the, the phrase alt-right comes from the left. They, they invented that phrase. There's yeah. no such thing as the alt-right. No. Okay? There is such a thing as fascism and neo-Nazis and skinheads, absolutely. But don't tell me that they're the alt-right. No, no the way. alt-right, just for clarity, are a bunch of Antifa Nazi themselves, right? right? Yeah. Dressed up in a different outfit. That's all it They're is. the same people. Yeah, they're exactly right. They, the uh, they're, the they're... alt-right is like social justice, okay? Yeah. Social justice means not justice. Right. The alt-right means not the right. Yeah. And by the way, conservatism, let's just get rid of directions. You know, conservatism doesn't even have a direction. It's its own centralist, moderate thing. The only moderation, if you want to be a moderate, is being conservative. I want to make two real quick points because I think they're part and parcel of the, <laughs> the language games we deal with. The first is the term toxicity out there. Yeah. So we hear all this toxicity, all these toxic words. They're words. Yeah. What? You, you, you can't have an argument with someone you disagree with without labeling their words toxic? Right. I have to tell you something. No word has ever killed me. Right. Okay? Or poisoned me or anything. The other thing is I saw this idiot doing this, and it's the same kind of stuff we see all the time. We see people, some leftist who wears like a tie, and he looks all sardonic, and he acts all smart, and he goes, God... Our discourse is just so toxic. You know, our di- uh, why are our poli- is our politics so difficult polarized, now? Yeah, yeah. It's so difficult and polarized. Translation, it's difficult because I don't agree with him. Right. Right? right. Because I have an articulate position that's antithetical to all the moronity that he's espousing about every issue under the sun. Right. I'm making his life difficult because he has to think. Right. Okay, so... A great emblematic example of that, and that's I think this is where we'll end, is the that 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 punk who went on the Berkeley campus recently and punched <laughs> yeah. this kid who was a conservative guy. I think he was a Turning Point USA a representative who was simply tabling there with pamphlets and such about uh, how great conservatism and and you know how how to rethink uh, the mindset of the liberal agenda. And so this guy just comes up, slams him in the face. Uh, more than once, by the way, and then walks away as if he's done a noble thing. You know, he doesn't even, you know, like at least a bank robber, when they rob the bank, okay, they, they run. Yeah, they, they know they what they're doing is wrong. And the police will catch them, right? <laughs> this guy punches the guy and he walks away like, I've done a glorious thing. Yeah, right? Like, 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 uh, like as if somehow he saved a woman from being attacked or something. Right. Right. He wouldn't run away from that situation. He would proudly say, ma'am, are you okay? And I'm so glad. And I'm here to help. Right. That's what this guy's attitude was. Anyway, it's emblematic of what we're seeing now in terms of the left versus the right. The left does these things, uh, both literally and figuratively. And then they proclaim that there's a toxic, uh, you know, uh, air of hostility in the air. And 
which I, I find fascinating because it's like a, a husband who beats his wife all the time and then says, you know, we argue all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like, no, you're <laughs> punching her all the time. It looks like an argument to you. But in fact, you're, you're just... You you don't like it. you don't like what she has to say, right? And that's exactly you don't you don't, you don't appreciate her existence. Yeah, and that's exactly what they did with Elon Omar. She spelt some of the most dis, 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 disgusting uh, medievalist right. tropes of Jews. Israel has them hypnotized like a wizard. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. Ooh, Jews and hook nose and money. Mm, there's free, right? right? Mm. Uh, monstrous stuff. And then what does Pelosi do around says, well, we need to condemn hateful toxicity of in all, all its forms yeah. against all people, including Jews and Muslims and Pacific Islanders. Pacific Islanders? Huh. <laughs> right? You, you, you got you to see it for what it is. That, that um, resolution is the final words. Now I'm going to say, we're going to conclude on this, Ari, okay? So let it go. <laughs> but that resolution is an example. It's a perfect example of how the exceptions swallow the rule, right? So, but but they're really reaching, right, as it is. You know, white supremacy. Ooh. Yeah, so white supremacy. They're, they're against white supremacy also, right? Okay, as if, it's, as if it exists at all, right? right. So, nevertheless, they throw that in there. So therefore, they have the exception that swallows the rule. Yeah. They get to say, notwithstanding... Ilana Omar's clearly repetitive anti-Semitic tropes. Notwithstanding that, there's no reference to her at all, no reference to her specific comments, just that they're against anti-Semitism and anti-Islamism and uh, white supremacy and so on. Um, so they, they've engaged in a beautiful exception swallowing of the rule, haven't they? This cannot stand. This is where you have to fight, and you have to know your, you, you know, you have to know what's actually happening in order to show that, that that their comparison is but a drop in the ocean. That's it, and that's the way it ends. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk with you next week.